Some of you know that um, a couple of weeks ago my, my uncle died. Um, uncle Roger was my dad's only sibling, and uh, he, he spent the vast majority of his life living on a farm just east of Grinnell with his family. And um, it was on that farm with my Uncle Roger and his family that I had some of the best memories um, that I w- have been able to accumulate over the years. Between my ninth and 10th grade year, you see, I went to live with them for the summer just as kind of a farmhand, and I got to do so many things that summer on the farm that I never had the opportunity to do before. I got to drive tractors, love driving tractors. I got to bale hay, didn't love that as much, but I still liked it. I got to gather eggs, and, and um, I got to castrate baby, baby pigs. Awesome! Not so much for the baby pigs, I'm sure, but, you know, it was, I, seriously, it was, it was the best time of my life. And um, I cherish those memories today. And with my uncle's passing, it has uh, caused me to remember all the more. Anyway, uh, before my cousins um, scattered off to the different places in the uh, uh, country where they live today, we got together just to remember. People do that, you know, when there's a death. And we had lunch together, and then we went to um, spend some time with my Aunt Carol, who now lives in a nursing home there in Grinnell. And we were all sitting around that afternoon talking. And uh, at one point, I looked at my Aunt Carol, and I said, Carol, I said, just the other day, Lisa and I was at the grocery store, and I had a memory of the summer that I spent with you on the farm. And before I could get out another syllable of the story that I was going to tell, my brother goes, well, here we go. Craig's going to tell another story. And I realized, I think I have your reputation. I love telling stories. Did you guys know that? You could tell. Thing is, I actually, I don't just love telling stories. I love stories. I love hearing stories. I love reading stories. My son and I, this thing that we have, we, we, we read these um, books together, and then we share the stories together. Um, I just love stories. That's who God created me to be, just to love stories. Well, I share that story with you today as kind of an invitation um, to continue on the journey that we started last week. Now, what was the journey? The invitation on this journey was um, to go on a journey with us here at Prairie Bible Church to um, equip, to be equipped for a task or a responsibility or a job that all Christians have been given by God. And that and it's one of the most important and, and fundamental jobs that a Christian can have, and that is to share the love of Jesus with a lost and dying world. Now, um, that, that task or that job scares a lot of people to death. And primarily, it's because we, we feel ill-equipped, um, we don't know how to do it, we don't think that we have the skill or the talent or whatever we think, is. Ne- we just don't think we, we have what it takes to do that, and we're scared. Well, this journey is to um, kind of demystify the whole thing, and also to remind you of some things that you do have that um, are tools that have God has already equipped you with to do this job. So last week we learned that the first tool or the first step on the journey, if you will, if you continue using that analogy, 
was that um, you need to, to value relationship, right? So, in, in other words, in order to be um, an evangelist, in, in order to share the love of God most effectively, you need to first be willing to invest in a relationship with people. They need to get to know you, you need to get to know them, and it's only then that you have, when you have invested in that kind of relationship that you will be able to um, effectively share the difference that Jesus has made in your life. So, pour into relationship. That's the first thing. Relationship comes before evangelism. Well, the next step on the journey, uh, I hope, will be an encouragement to you also. You see, a lot of us cling to um, some misinformation about evangelism. We think we need to uh, be outgoing, or we think we need to know the Bible inside and out, or that we need to have been trained in leading people in the, in a, a, the salvation prayer. All those things are good, but what God, what God wants you to understand as you begin this journey, He wants you to understand that the most important thing you need to bring to the table, if you will, is you. You see, God created you, the person that you are, with, with the personality that you have, with the gifts and graces that you have, for a reason. God wanted you in this world today for a reason. So, as you um, feel the Holy Spirit working in you to take that proverbial walk across the room to share the love of Christ with someone, the person that God wants to show up on the other side of the room is you. Not someone that you think you ought to be, but the person that you are. So remember that as we begin this journey today. Um, if you want to go ahead and open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 11, feel free to do that. And I'm going to give you a little history and context of what's going on there as I try to do every week. Uh, in the Bible here in Acts chapter 11 in particular, but at other places in the Bible, uh, you uh, will read about a guy named Jose. Now, Jose was um, one of the first converts to Christianity. In fact, um, he was one of the uh, most fundamental pieces of spreading the gospel throughout the world in the early days of the church. Now, some of you are sitting back and saying, wait a, wait a minute now, Pastor, I don't claim to be a Bible scholar necessarily, but if he was that fundamental, if he was that important in sharing in the spread of the gospel, I think I would have remembered that name, and I don't remember the name Jose at all. Randy, do you ever remember reading the name Jose in the Bible? Oh, it's in Spanish version, that's right. Well, ironically, because the other, it could also be translated Joseph, but I like Jose, all right? I know, okay. So... Jose, if you were wondering, you never heard about, about Jose, you were very astute. Because the fact of the matter is, in almost every place in the Bible, except for one, you, this is where he's first introduced as Jose. But in, from that point on, he is known by his nickname. Now, people get nicknames all the time, and they were given nicknames in the Bible all the time, too. And generally, nicknames are descriptive. For example, you remember last week when we were talking about Simon of Cyrene? Or no, uh, Simon, um, the guy that Jesus borrowed the boat from, he had a nickname too. What was his name? His name was his nickname was Peter, because in Matthew chapter sixteen, Jesus says to Simon, he says, "I'm going to change your name to Peter, which means anybody know rock, because upon this rock I shall build my church." So he was saying he gave him a nickname, Rock, 
because Peter was to become the leader of the church once Jesus ascended, right? Well, this guy, Jose, the apostles, when, when he got saved and, and they started getting to know him because they were building relationships with him, right? As they were getting to know him, they noticed something about him and they said, you know, we know your name's Jose, but it sounds, uh, that doesn't quite fit who we think you are, so we're going to name you Barnabas. We're going to nickname you Barnabas. Now, anybody know what the nickname Barnabas means? It means son of encouragement, right? So, you see, this is apparently... Jose, when he was hanging out with people, people always felt better about themselves. When they were doing things, he was able to encourage them and make them feel like, yeah, I can do this. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have a nickname like, you know, son of encouragement? That's pretty awesome. He was so good at encouraging people, as a matter of fact, that ultimately that became his job in the church. So, that, and that kind of leads us up to our passage of Scripture for today. In Acts chapter 11, this is what happened. Um, as we enter into Acts chapter 11, we find uh, uh, ourselves in the midst of a time or a season in the early church when Christians were being persecuted for no other reason but because they loved Jesus. In fact, the persecution was so intense that um, many, many Christians had to flee for their lives. But this is, where, this is the coolest part of this story, in my opinion. Even though these Christians had to flee their homes and their family in order just to live, they continued to share the gospel. And we are told that some of these Christians who fled Jerusalem because they were being threatened for fear of their lives, went to the city of Antioch. And when they went to the city of Antioch, guess what they did? They shared the love of Jesus with people. And as they were sharing the love of Jesus with people, people got saved. And a revival broke out. And word reaches back to Jerusalem, to the apostles. And they say, this is awesome. We need to do something to encourage these people. So we're going to send who to encourage them? Barnabas, right? Makes sense. And it says in Acts chapter 11, verse 24, that... Jose or Barnabas was such a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, that even more people accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. Even more people got saved. That's pretty awesome. Jose, Barnabas, was the right man for that situation. He was the perfect person to go and speak to those people in Antioch. He was exactly what God needed. Now, the point of this story is that everybody has a style, an evangelism style. Everyone is called to share the love of Jesus Christ with the world. And everyone has been created by God with a particular style or a set of gifts and graces to do that. Now, you could spend your life lamenting the fact that that. You're not like Barnabas. That you don't have this gift or this grace or you're not that talented, you're not talented in this area. Or you could choose instead to embrace the person that you were created to be. Because who you were created to be is awesome. In fact, there are some people who will never come to know Jesus unless they hear about the story of Jesus through someone just like you. 
That's exciting. And it's also urgent. As I said earlier, there are many of us who labor under this misconception that that I can't do this because I'm not like Barnabas. Or I'm not Billy Graham. Or I'm not Craig Peters for that matter. Well, you're not supposed to be. You're supposed to be you. Did you hear what I'm saying? So the next step on the journey of you learning to be an evangelist is for you just embracing you. Here's, listen to this. Did you know that most of the time, in fact, the only time in the Bible, because Barnabas is talked about in a whole bunch of different places, the only time Barnabas was ever sent out by himself to share the love of God was this time. Every other time, he went out with somebody else, usually Paul. Why do you think that is? Because my guess is, Barnabas was a great encourager, but he probably wasn't that great of a teacher. Paul, on the other hand, was a great teacher. He was a, he was a, a great intellect, a great theologian. He wasn't really good at re- relationships. You read stories about Paul in the Bible, you realize, man, he had an abrasive personality. That's why he needed Barnabas. They were a good team. Put them together, they were awesome. By the way, the same thing's true of us. Did you know that? As I look around Prairie Bible Church, you know what I see? I see evangelists. I see um, Randy Rumry, for example, who, whose his style of evangelism is more um, conversational. He's good at that. He's really good at that. Um, I look around and I see um, Jolene Bowman. You know what her style of evangelism is? She is great at serving people. It's the truth. I see people like Leanne Westcott, who's, who uses her gift of, of art and creativity to bring people to Jesus. Every single one of you have been created the person that you are because there's somebody out there who would never come to know Jesus unless it was from someone like you. So the next time you feel the urging of the Holy Spirit for you to take that proverbial walk across the room to, to talk with somebody, just remember the person He wants to show up across the room is you. Not somebody that you think you should be but you.